Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. We love road trips, and from time to time, we're offering some of the very best of them to you. In an earlier episode, we took a road trip to the battlefields and monuments of France and Belgium with my son, Carrie. On this episode, we're taking a road trip to the stunning Pacific Coast Highway, or as many call it, California Highway 1. Our guest is Larry Corman, president of AKA, a luxury global brand of service residences. Larry has driven the PCH many times and has lots of suggestions along the way. And at our last stop in L.A., he'll offer some ideas on relaxing there for a week or more. Welcome, Larry. Hello, Leah. Thank you for having me. Let me ask you, what do you love most about driving Highway 1? I think it's the eternal getaway, being on that undulating road, looking at the beautiful Pacific, especially when you have the sun setting. It's like that Andy Warhol color print. There's something very soothing. You're at the end and tip of the United States uh, with a family member, just getting away. It's beautiful. I think you really experience California character there. There are pioneer outposts, surfing villages, is this farm fresh local food and local wine. There's a lot of kitsch, Hollywood glitz, there's Bohemia. You've got it all. It was built. Literally, you are reminded that this is one state that's going equivalent to Maine down to Florida almost, and the topography is so diverse. So what you're looking at changes along the way. Uh, It's like a great book going from one chapter to the next. Well, it was first started in the 1930s. It's 600 miles of rugged, winding coastline, which makes it one of the most astoundingly scenic roads in the world. And I think it's meant to be traveled slowly so you can enjoy the mountains, you can enjoy the redwoods, the beaches, the surf, the cliffs. People come up from all over the world to drive it. It takes about 10 hours to drive the entire length. But on this route, it's nice to take time to stop, stay overnight along the way if you can, stretch it out for a week or so or more. And you can drive daylight all the way that way. So uh, keep that in mind. I think the best weather is from late spring through fall. And the busiest travel season is in July and August. There have been recent washouts. Have you been through any of those, Larry? Yes. Yes. Uh, I've even had a helicopter out of one. When I go with my wife, which was the first time, I had to go from Los Angeles north. So we were on the other side of the highway. She was very concerned about that. But the last three times I've gone, I've gone with my oldest son and Big Sur has become our happy place. And we go each year, each season. And we start in San Francisco where we have two apartment communities in Walnut Creek and Emeryville. And we work our way down and we love being on that edge. He drives much faster, but is very much focused on what he's doing. I drive much slower to take in, but I'm constantly pointing out things to him. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. And he's looking straight down, white knuckled because of me not focusing as much. But I think that adds an extra allure and excitement to the drive being on the edge. And when they do have those washouts and you're constantly seeing construction going on there, you're seeing big rocks being moved. And uh, you realize the amount of time in that kind of tedious position it takes to fix something construct something, but you see above the threat of potential rocks coming down or washouts. So it's amazing that they have such control over something that mother nature clearly can dominate. Well, we're going to start from north to south so that you're on the Pacific side of the road. That's the way I like it, but you can go either way. So we're going to start a little bit above 
San Francisco in Mendocino. That's a really beautiful place of redwoods and fern canyons and meadows and sheltered beaches. And there's a beach there called Fort Bragg's Glass Beach. Have you ever been there? Yes, yes. Uh, that whole area is just beautiful. And the city is so diverse. There's so many areas to go to from Sausalita to Fort Bragg. Some of the most beautiful homes I've seen were right out there. Robin Williams, who was a guest of ours, had a home there at one point. Presidio was filmed, part of that James Bond one nearby there. But just to be able to, in 10, 15 minutes, go out and see those beautiful redwoods or to head over to Walnut Creek to go over the bridge. There's so many discovery areas to eat and to see that it's, each time we go, we have no plans. We just sort of let fate drift us right. one way or the other. It's very interesting. The glass beach, I didn't know this. It, it came from trash. People used to throw trash on the sand and eventually the, the glass is washed out to sea and came back. And, and that's what makes it so beautiful now. So sometimes Mother Nature can take the trash and turn it into treasure. Let's see, Bodega Bay. That's a pretty place where Hitchcock filmed the movie The Birds. Have you been there ever? It's a little tiny. I haven't been there, but I'm friendly with Tippi Hedron. We are working on a film together. Oh, how is she doing? She's doing great. She has uh, offered up her animal a menagerie for somebody who can help us fundraise to the next iteration of Land of the Free. But she's phenomenal. And I want her to sort of take me there one time, but she's not doing as much traveling as she used to. Wow, that, that would be something. To, that place there. To, it's spectacular. Yeah, to go there with her would be something else. In San Francisco, where we're going to go now, obviously it's a fantastic city. But if you're just going to stop in for a day, let's say you're coming off the the road. And, and the main thing is the drive down. But where, what would you do in San Francisco if you just had a few hours? I love walking. And I realize how out of shape I am when I'm walking San Francisco, because you think, well, it's not that far. I can go to get a pizza or go into Chinatown. And they just walk up one uh, of those streets and you're huffing and puffing. But I <laughs> love walking San Francisco. I love discovering uh, restaurants. We'll go into Chinatown with no plans and just something will resonate and lure us in. Or my son will read about some new up and coming restaurant that's like 20 minutes outside. Uh, and we'll Uber down there. But we go with no plans, but I love walking. It, there's certain yeah. cities like London you just love to walk, and San yeah. Fran is certainly one of them. Golden Gate State Park is one of the most beautiful places to walk. A thousand acres of grounds. You've got museums there, a Japanese tea garden. You've got a herd of buffalo. Then there's the North uh, Beach area with the Italian culture and all that kind of thing. So yeah, there's lots to do, even if you just stop over. But you would want to go back, um, obviously, to San Francisco. Down the way, coming down, have you been to the Devil's Slide? Do you know what that is? Yes, we, we've been there on our way down towards Two Post Ranch and, and Big Sur. We'll stop uh, there along the way. And again, it's a walking it just, path. <laughs> a walk, yeah, just to get out and walk, which is important when you're in a tight Uber. Just yeah. to pull over and get out. Yeah, it's, it's 1.3 miles of walking path along the ocean. Beautiful, sweeping ocean view. So it's a great place to stop. Another place is Felton. There's a Bigfoot Discovery Museum there. It's a tiny little thing. I don't know if you've ever been in there, but the man who started it is from Stanford, and he thought it was very interesting to look into uh, if it's right or if there really is a Bigfoot. So it's a kind of a, a kitschy thing in a way, but he believes there might be a Bigfoot. What do you think? I, 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 My wife would absolutely concur with that. She absolutely wanted to do that, but we were late for a meeting, so we missed that one. But I promised her next go around there and Hearst. <laughs> well, if you go down a little bit further, you go to a lovely, friendly beach town, Santa Cruz, which has fantastic redwood trees, lots of great surfing, and a wonderful boardwalk. People walk it. It's I think it was built in 1907, so you has an, it has an old roller coaster. 
and you know that feeling of you know, the past. Do you like that one? Yeah, it's beautiful. I, my son especially uh, connected with that, and it was a sense of being back in old time Coney Island or something like that. There was a nice romantic sense to that. So a little bit further down, you have an area that is one of the most beautiful in the country, Carmel and Monterey. Tell us about that area. So we always stop there. We, I, I love walking there, going down the undulating hill towards the water area. We stop for different places to eat. There's a great coffee place, ice cream place. But the irony was our best sandwich my son had seen on Google was in a grocery store. And we argued the whole way. We're not coming to Carmel by the scene going and eating in a grocery <laughs> store. And it was one of the best sandwiches I ever had. We sat out, we brought the sandwiches down on the water and you could see people playing golf all the way to the right and to the left. You saw people at the beach and you're just sitting there enjoying it, taking it's in beautiful. from people from all over. So it's really nice. Everybody's in a good mood. Right. You've got Pebble Beach there in that area. You've got the Carmel Mission. You've got fairy tale cottages. You've got art galleries. And then there's the scenic bluff path, that 17 mile drive. Uh, people all seek all over the world. They, they try to seek it's to go beautiful. to that. It's absolutely beautiful. What about Big Sur? That's your place you go to most. Tell us Big about Sir it. Big Sur is my happy place. My wife and I discovered it on one of uh, her sister's birthday retreat. We fell in love with it. The idea of being in a cabin at night with waking with the fire and a great meal at Sierra Mar, and then you wake up and you are above the clouds in a white robe, holding a cup of coffee. Life is as good as it gets. And you just feel literally on top of the world. So I have fallen in love with Big Sur. I've fallen in love with uh, Post Ranch Inn uh, and cannot wait to get back there this October. With so you go son. there every season? You try to go every season, right? We've gone every season. We would have filled in uh, the missing quarter autumn, which is the hardest month to get in there in October last year, but because of the pandemic. And I think the only other time we did miss it was when El Nino hit. We were going and helicoptering in and out, and we didn't make it that time. We went south to San Diego and Salk Institute, but it is our happy place. Every time you go, you see something different, especially as you go from season to season. The flowers are different. The smells are different. The food at Sierra Mar is different. It's such a beautiful place. Have you walked very often by McWay Falls? Absolutely. We're constantly in motion going to different places. Yeah, it's, it, it's nice to have a waterfall along the way. You have everything Absolutely. along this route. No wonder everyone loves it. You even have the Henry Miller Memorial Library. And people who know who Henry Miller is, he's a, a famous uh, writer who was very erotic. And I'm sure it was a, it's a very interesting library. I've never been in it. Have you? I have not been to the library, but I know of it. I know the story of it. Yeah. Libraries when I'm in Big Sur, I want to be out <laughs> with Mother Nature. <laughs> I don't blame you. Coming down a little bit south is a, a town called Cambria, Seaside Village. But just before it, there's something called Piedras Blancas, Friends of the Elephant Seal Rookery, where you have 8,000 pound, huge elephant seals all over it's just fabulous Instagram pictures there. It's, and it's it, dramatic. We get a sandwich at one of our favorite sandwich places, and that's where we sit and eat on our way uh, down south. It's dramatic. Great photo ops. Have you ever had Olily berry pie? It's a special berry from California. I'm sure you have. I have not. And you I'm have not. not. I, I think the last time I was there, I had a banana cream pie, <laughs> and I have something for banana cream pie because... Uh, Wolfgang Puck was making it for his 25th anniversary of doing the Oscars. It's his favorite. So I had it emblazoned in my mind that I was going to have it. So I think my son had that and was certainly not sharing. And I wasn't <laughs> sharing mine. So <laughs> Next time. You're, you're nearby. You can get yeah. it next time. 
So let's go along to Morrow Bay. That's a beautiful area with a lot of herons and monarch butterflies and hummingbirds and otters, sea otters. You can you can just take so many wonderful pictures if you walk along the trails, and it's a perfect road stop. Well, the next part is very famous. What's funny is and- people tell you when you do this drive, you should pull over a lot and stop just for health reasons. There, you don't have to be reminded. You want to pull over and just more deeply gaze at what is there because it's so unique from what you had just seen and it's so unique from anything you'll ever see again. Speaking of unique, we, we're going down to San Simeon to the Hearst Castle. Tell us about that. So the first time I went with my wife, I think we got there at 5.05 and it had a hard close at 5. And we really wanted to get up to Big Sur before the sun had set. So we were under the gun not to sort of spend too much time. When I came back the other time with my son, We did go through it, but I didn't want to get in trouble with my wife, so we didn't talk too much about it, but it was magnificent, and we did our lunch uh, at the other side. So you have that long drive going up. There's a little park on the other side, so we had our lunch there. Do they still have zebras there? They have, I didn't when, see the zebras, but uh, well, I would have just said, you know, <laughs> California and just chalked it into, of course you would see zebras. Yeah, I, w- I was there a long, long time ago and they had zebras on the way up that drive. There's 165 rooms in the house. There are two massive pools, which are absolutely incredible, both of them. 127 acres. It's a Moorish castle. And I remember the dining room because they had it all set up with plates and it was very beautiful and elegant. And then they had ketchup bottles on the table. And I asked somebody why. And they said, because William Randolph Hearst, the man who built it, liked ketchup. So (laughs) he put them out. So it was kind of funny to see that. Citizen Kane was based on on that man. And uh, there's a movie called Mank, which is set in Hearst Castle. I don't know if it's really in the castle, but it's made to look like it. I think Mank was the best movie of the year. I'm chair of Philadelphia Film. So we hosted a big Oscar party and I was really pulling for Mank. I thought Gary Oldman was phenomenal, Amanda Seyfried. But what's great about Mank is it reminds you to go see Citizen Kane again because it'll resonate the movie more if you see it fresh, through fresh eyes, especially Amanda's role, but the the castle steals the show. I, yeah, it this does. State- it's a beautiful, it's, it's a, something we all should see. If you go down a little further to San Luis Obispo, you have a very quirky area. It's a very interesting, mellow college town. It has some place called Bubblegum Alley, which is fun to walk along. There's a lighthouse. And then there's this place called the Madonna Inn. It's well known around the world. The rooms are all themed. They're all different. One is called Caveman. One is called Showboat. Everything is pink. Like You can have a slice of pink cake at the counter if you want. It's one of those places to stop and see. Have you been there? You cannot miss it from far away. It's pink everything. I, it's I, it's what I envisioned Dolly Land to be. We have stopped. We have had pie. I have not stayed there. I've not gone beyond there. We stopped and had pie and that was it. Well, Just so we could say we were there. You're right. It's one of those places that you want to at least say you're there. It's not Madonna, the singer. It's Madonna, a man named Madonna, but but it's it's something else. Pismo Beach. Now, this is a place that a lot of people think of for reasons that maybe the beach, or, you know, surfing and all that. But it's the place where the monarch butterflies come every November through February. And it's, I think more and more of them are coming now, maybe because of the pandemic, but it's fantastic if you can go there in that time of year and see these gorgeous black and orange monarch butterflies. Have you ever had that chance? We have. And that's why you don't want to miss doing it all four seasons, because each season offers something unique. And that is exactly what I was thinking of as one of the unique beauties 
ephemeral beauties that you would miss if you don't go that time of year also. Absolutely. I have a sad story about butterflies. I, I went to central Mexico just to see the monarchs. You know, they they come there. That's the largest concentration of them. And I was leaving from San Miguel de Allende. It was a five-hour drive. And then they would think there was a one-hour walk and a half hour on a horse. And I was just exhausted to get up to the top where those butterflies were. Unfortunately, it was a cloudy day. I didn't see anything. Then we had to go all the way back. So I think I'm going to go to the Pismo Beach Monarch Butterfly Grove. It's a lot easier. A lot. And and beautiful. And beautiful. And I get to be on Highway 1. So let's see. We go down. We're going to get to Denmark now. There's a place called Solvang. It's a very, very fabulous place because it's Denmark in miniature. There's bakeries there. There are reproductions of Copenhagen's Little Mermaid statue and the Round Tower and homage to Hans Christian Andersen. And there's something called Abelskavers. I don't know if I'm saying them correctly, but they're absolutely delicious. They're pancake-like puffs, and they're served with raspberry jam and powdered sugar. So I would say you should definitely stop at Solvang. There's a restaurant there called Solvang Restaurant, and they have a window where you can take the stuff out. On You know, I want to take it out and eat it on the way. But it's a wonderful stop, and you won't find this anywhere else in the country. So I just wrote that down as a definite stop for this October's uh, trip. Because my Good. <laughs> you got to eat it. Able skeevers. Let's go to Los Olivos. That's lots of wineries there. The wine is usually rosé. Am I correct? Yes. And this was the last trip was the first time that we actually stopped now that my son's of age. So we did a, a few little sipping and spatting uh, so that I could continue driving. It's, but it, they're beautiful. Well, you're, you know, if you're not drinking, I think you have to be careful when you're drinking. Don't swallow all of it or, or have a, a designated driver because you want to get to Santa Barbara, which is the next stop. I will tell, tell us you about also, Santa uh, one of our favorite residents at AK Beverly Hills is Richard Gear, and Richard Gear loves the California rosé. So I think we actually, last time we, we were doing a fundraiser on site for OPCC, which is a homeless group, and we had one of the bottles from there that we had seen brought into his suite. Yum. And yum on Richard Gere. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara is one of my favorite places on earth. It's always been one of my father's favorite places on earth. We usually stay at the Four Seasons Biltmore. I love the history of that. You're right on the ocean. Uh, They have that great club across the street, but there's so many discovery places there also. We went to just, we were tired and just wanted a pizza and found a great cute little pizza place where ironically the chef had also been the chef with the pizza place we're partnered with in Brooklyn. So wow. it was a small pizza world. Small pizza world. And there was a I great th- homemade ice cream place right next door. So that was yes. a great uh, one-two punch that night. Is that McConnell's? Is that the name of it? There's a place called McConnell's that has churros con leche and boysenberry rosé milk jam ice cream. I forget I forget the name. I just remember they were both next to each other. It was Heaven on Earth in Santa yeah, Barbara. Heaven on Earth. It's a beautiful Spanish colonial revival architecture place. I mean, you have the most beautiful homes. That's very near where Oprah and Megan and Harry own estates in Montecito. So you can imagine how beautiful the area is. It's kind of paradise, paradisical. And But there's an area called the Funk Zone. Have you been to the Funk Zone? I have not been to the Funk Zone, but I will tell you, I was at San Ysidro at the new restaurant there was spectacular. And I think it's also owned by Ty Warner, who owns the Four Seasons. And the people who do our PR for AK West Highway and AK Beverly Hills do all the PR there. So I got to get in it. Uh, before it was just opening. And I was blown away by the renovation they had done there. Yeah. Especially to the restaurant. Beautiful. So we're getting to the end of the highway in Los Angeles. First thing you see is Santa Monica, right? That's the last 
part well, of the- I, we actually in our last trip decided to go through a Malibu and I didn't realize how big Malibu was. I always just sort of go through sa- from Beverly Hills to Santa Monica, Pacific Palisade and boom, you're in a little part of Malibu where Nobu and the County Mart is. But we went through Malibu and saw some terrific architecture and was not, I was shocked how big it was. But our home stretch when we do our aha moment is when we land at Nobu in Malibu right on the water. The last trip I had done all the driving, so I could not, and I don't really eat sushi. I really do the Malibu Nobu for my kids and my wife and the views and the sunsets. But we pulled in right as the sun was setting. We sat down and it was just a a great feeling. I think if you ended there or even even at the Santa Monica Pier, which opened in 1909, so it's really another one of these older places with a Ferris wheel and arcade and all that. It's a beautiful place to see a sunset and end your gorgeous drive from north to south. So you're now in Los Angeles. You might want to stay a while. So tell us what's the appeal of LA just generally. I, we're, we're going to not go into it in detail, but what do you love most? I, I think the difference between LA and let's say Miami, there's a vibrancy to both cities and certainly beautiful weather. But what you have in in uh, Santa, Santa Monica, in West Hollywood, and Beverly Hills, you have a diversity in the terrain. You have large mountains, you have the Pacific Ocean. I think there's an energy that's different than New York, which I love also. So I love the mix of all that, but I love Beverly Hills. I love walking Beverly Hills. I love the energy in West Hollywood, Santa Monica. Like you said, walking out on that pier is a time gone by. Walking the Third Street Promenade is unique. And then you go out into discovery areas. It's just a beautiful, beautiful place to be. So you want to stay a little bit maybe a week or a month, and AKA has locations there so you can do so. And it would make a perfect ending to this drive to take a relaxing week in LA. And, you know, a perfect drive. Let me just say that we've had quite a ride, but the name of the podcast is Places I Remember. So I'll start with a memory about the drive. I was 21 on my honeymoon many years ago, and we started in LA. and We took the highway up to San Francisco. And I remember most that 17-mile drive around Monterey Bay Because as you mentioned, I came from the opposite coast, Miami, and I couldn't get over the redwoods and the mountains dropping to the sea. And I've driven it several times since, but that first time was magical. Absolutely magical. So it's your turn, Larry. Give us one of your special memories about the Pacific Coast. I think two of them are really with Post Ranch Inn. Is the first time going up with my wife, we miss we we missed a full lit trip so the sun had set which was magnificent we drove the next hour in pure darkness and when we pulled up to post ranch inn and just saw that that beauty when we got up to sierra mar was eye-opening to us in reverse my son and i the first time we went there he had never been there the sun was just doing its setting. We really didn't see much because we were nestled within the redwoods when we pulled up and got to sierra more and sat down and you saw the very end of the sunset when the little green flash, it was magnificent and it blew him away and and left a very special memory as a place he always wanted to go. So I think those moments of discovery and that aha moment of seeing a special place in a special town just combined beautiful memories that you want to continue to have in your head and repeat and go back to. Absolutely. So many aha moments. Thank you so much, Larry Corman, CEO of AKA, for being our guest today. And thank you, listeners, for California dreaming with us on this terrific drive on Highway 1. Thank you, Leah. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember, so follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, places I remember, and keep making your own travel memories. <laughs>